Founder, we're on a mission to democratize entrepreneurial education and on the way to building one of the largest online schools in the world for entrepreneurs. We interview some of the greatest founders of our generation to find out how they did it so you can too. However, in this series, we're working with our students in the community who are deep within the process of building their own successful business. These are the founders of tomorrow, who have stood where you are and on the way to building the business of their dreams. Now, before we jump in, our lawyers have told us to tell you this. Of course, we can't guarantee you'll have the results like some of the stories we're about to share. And as you know, with any business, it's a lot of hard work in addition to completing any online course. With that said, welcome to From Zero to Founder. Molly here. I'm Founders Community Manager and welcome back to the series From Zero to Founder. Today I'm sitting down with Samantha and Wayne who have developed an amazing wellness and skincare brand. They're just hitting 10k a month and they've had such great success over the years. So let's jump straight in and speak to them both. Hi Wayne. Hi Samantha. Thank you so much for joining me today. Why not start by telling me a little bit about your business? Okay, um, so I'm Sam and this is Wayne um, and our business is self-care social. So it's all self-care items. Um, and we started because we started about a year and a bit ago. Yeah, about 14 months ago, I think during the COVID times anyways, that's when we first started up. Yeah, so I was seeing a business coach because I felt a bit lost and I didn't know what I wanted to do. So throughout that time, I kind of went down the path of I wanted to start an online business. But for me, it just felt like super overwhelming. I was like, I don't know where to start. I know nothing about business. Um, and Wayne always wanted to be like start an online business as well. Um, so then that's when I found Start and Scale. And um, basically, yeah, we started Start and Scale. We had no idea what our business idea was. So we kind of brainstormed um, and yeah, basically came up with the first of all, we were social skin. And now just recently we've expanded to self-care social so that we can expand our product line and all that kind of stuff as well. So yeah, I guess like um, you know, like when you first think about starting a business, you just never know where to start. And um when Sam told us about start and scale, like we both looked into it a little bit further and then we both did the course together and then yeah, like she said, we didn't have an idea of what we wanted to do. We just knew we wanted to do something like that. And, you know, that's just the perfect time to start doing it. So, um, yeah, and that's where now we're here. <laughs> and going through the steps of start and scale just really helped us because, yeah, it just basically set up the foundations of our business and we followed each of the steps. And then, yeah, we were ready to launch and our launch, like we felt a lot more confident after um, doing start and sale. We're like, okay, we've got this, like we can do this. Um, yeah. And we've been like quite successful since then. So, and a lot of that I think is attributed to the start and scale course. That's incredible. And I know that you've had quite the journey and I would love to speak more upon, I think you have a really unique position of rebranding. Um, a lot of people listening might've been in a similar situation where they've gone down one route, they have a name for their business and then they wanna pivot, which I think you guys would be able to give some really great perspective on. So if you don't mind sharing, what was the real motivator behind rebranding and wanting to kind of pivot in terms of what you were going to sell and, and what your brand was going to be about in the wellness space still? So first of all, we started selling our LED light therapy mask um, and that was really popular. Um, but then we were kind of looking into other skincare tools and 
there's a lot of different companies out there as well. So we're like, oh, you know, how about we expand to self-care? So basically what our like end goal is to be um, to have like subscription boxes or something like that where people can come online and buy like a self-care box for, you know, their friend, their mum, all that kind of stuff. So all the ideas that we were coming up with, were they just didn't sit under um, social skin. So we're like, what are we going to do? Because, you know, a lot of people know us as social skin. We built up that brand. We got in publications. Like, you know, it was a lot of stuff. So, But we kind of didn't have any other option, to be honest. So we did um, rebrand to self-care social. So it was kind of similar. Our branding is very similar as well. Um, yeah, yeah I guess mind? like, um, you know, we just didn't want to be stuck in that one sort of niche where like we had to sell like skin products because we were called social skin at the time. Um, and by moving into self-care social, that sort of automatically allows us to, you know, market other things and, you know, sell other products and stuff that we're pretty passionate about. So um, like the whole um, rebranding, that was, that was a bit of a mission, but um, <laughs> yeah. And like, through like learning from start scale as well like you know um we don't like you don't have to take everything on yourself like which is what i think a lot of businesses do at the start is they try to do like all the work themselves and just to try save costs and because you feel like you sort of have to as well but um we learned quickly that outsourcing is probably the best thing that we could have done and we did that with our brand kit um our website design and it just like gave us so much more time to think about you know the other things that needed our attention um without the stresses of having to like worry about if our website's going to, you know, suit the branding, that previous brand and like SEO and all that sort of stuff that, mm. yeah, you just totally forget about when you're rebranding and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. I think that was our biggest challenge <clears throat> though, was that we basically were starting over again with that SEO. Mm. So yeah, we did hire someone to do the SEO and build up our SEO because we weren't even featuring on the Google pages anymore. So we were number one for um, social skin because we'd got our name in all these publications. And then basically we had to start from scratch again, but it didn't take too long for it to build back up. We hired someone to do like blog posts for us and things like that. So we had our name mentioned a lot of other places. So we're definitely starting to see the results from that, but to be honest, like our sales did dip for a little bit, um, but it took like it wasn't that long for us to build it back up. And all our customers and you know followers and things like that, they really loved the rebrand as well. So that was really positive. And also like the community that we had around like Social Skin Co as well, like through our Instagram and all that. Like obviously everyone knew us as Social Skin Co, but we sort of like we reached out to that community and like put it out to them to say like, oh, what would you guys want to hear? What would you want to see? Like what kind of products would you want? And we sort of tried to take everything into account with like the rebranding as well. So I guess that really helped us as well. Like, yeah, all the followers and all that. So, yeah. I think you both have such a great perspective on a rebrand. I know a lot of people might, as you mentioned, think it's a big daunting thing, but for you it was a refresh and to probably be able to give more to your community and, and really help them have more SKUs, different products, and that would really excite them. So I think that perspective that you both have is really, really special. And I would love to talk to you more about this, but first I think it's really important because LED skin therapy, whether that's in salon or at home, has just taken off, especially during the pandemic. A lot of people wanted to focus more on self-care and to be able to bring that home. How did this idea of LED therapy, especially for an Australian brand, come to top of mind? And how did you actually 
get that to become a reality? Um, so pretty much um, I was researching a lot of skincare tools and trends and things like that. And I was seeing that LED light therapy masks were um, becoming really popular in America. And I know like Australia is sometimes a little bit behind America with the trends. So I knew that um, it was only like a matter of time before they became really popular in Australia. So we kind of got onto it when people were like, what is that? It looks a bit alien-like, all that kind of stuff. So um, yeah, and then- um, I guess was, like, obviously like we researched into the product and then noticed that like, you know, there's quite like a trend going up in searches for LED light therapy. And then we did a bit of research on LED light therapy and realized like the healing benefits and all the skin benefits that it provides, but also how expensive it is to keep going into your salon mm. and which obviously like during COVID times and lockdowns and all that, pretty much impossible. So we just wanted to provide something to people to be able to take home with them that they could do like in the comfort of their own home um like it's clear as well so you can multitask so you don't have to be sitting down plugged in you mm -hmm. can just you know you can look after the kids or you could do a bit of cooking whatever you needed to do while, while you had your sort of therapy so um i guess like that was our main motivator for it at the time mm -hmm. yeah um and then we worked with our manufacturer just to make like tweaks and stuff like that so they would send us over samples and then we would change them so um, we noticed that like our, um, the nose, um, the nose piece where it sits on your face, that was becoming quite uncomfortable. So, you know, we'd work with them to try and make it like a silicon based and all that kind of stuff so that our customers really got the best mask. And, you know, especially when they're wearing it consistently, you want it to be super comfortable, all that kind of stuff. So we have a really good relationship with them as well. Definitely. And I know personally, your brand was one of the first ones that I saw of these masks when they first became very, very popular. So when I saw that you're part of the Amazing Start and Scale community, I was like, wow, I've actually seen you before, which was really kind of like a, oh, full, awesome cool. a full circle <laughs> moment. Yeah, it was really cool. But yeah. I would love to know some of the challenges that you may have faced marketing a product in Australia or, you know, to a market that might not have been so familiar with this technology. Did you have any challenges when you were first launching about educating those that were wanting to consume your product? Yeah, definitely. So we worked with um, a Facebook ads company and um, we found that it was taking a lot of time to educate people about what the benefits of LED light therapy are. And like I said before, it looks a bit alien-like and stuff like that as well. So we kind of found that Facebook ads weren't really our market and that we worked better when we went on Google ads because then people have had some sort of knowledge about it and they were already searching LED light therapy. Maybe they used it in the salon or, you know, they've heard about it or whatever. So that was kind of like where our market was. So, um, yeah, basically like challenges were just figuring that out because we're like, and even the ads company that we were working with, they were like, oh, you know, it takes a lot to educate people mm -hmm. about what this is, what it does all that kind of stuff as well. And because like Facebook ads are such a visual, you know, it's more visual than it is informative. Um, like you see like an ad pop up on Facebook about a, say like a clothing brand, like a t-shirt or something, you either like it or you don't and you buy it there and then. Whereas like our product, it really is based around like teaching other people mm. and educating other people what the benefits are, which I think takes a lot more than just a picture on a Facebook ad, if you know what I mean. So like if, so we sort of pivoted into the the Google ads sort of space and realized that we're like our ROAS and all that kind of stuff was 
was a lot better from Google, which we sort of dived a bit deeper into that as well. And then we realized that it was like people that were searching for LED light therapy that were looking for answers and like trying to do a bit of their own research as well. So I guess just working out the marketing angle of LED light therapy in Australia, where it's something that's like, you know, there's a lot of skeptics as well. Um, and there's a lot of people that don't like, just don't even know what it is. Mm, um, I think also yeah. for us, like social proof was so important because yeah, at the start, you know, we did have a lot of skeptics. So then we worked with people that did uh, like used our LED light therapy masks for si like six weeks and they would update us every week and send us like before and afters. And when we started to get those before and afters, that's when we yeah. really started to see that our sales were improving as well. Um, so, yeah, that was and it is challenging to kind of get people on for that long, you know, because they kind of lose interest or, you know, that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, that was super important for us, I think, yeah. the social proof. And also, like, the people that we did work with, you know, they weren't like, they didn't, they weren't like influencers or anything like that. They were just like yeah. normal people that, generally had like an interest in changing like their skin and mm. were willing to try this for, you know, the six week period. And, um, and even now we still work with them people because mm. uh, they've been so great. And um, yeah, you know, it's just normal people I think is where people want to see, yeah. you know, that social proof from. Like yeah. User -generated content. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hmm. I couldn't agree with you more. And I think having that personal connection to a brand, especially in a wellness space, um, is very important. As you mentioned, there's a lot of people that would be skeptical about these sort of products. You know, is it just a fancy strip lighting and a mask and something that you just post mm -hmm. on Instagram? So I'm sure you guys have heard absolutely everything when it comes to yeah. the challenges you associate yeah. with skeptics. But I think it's really great that you have social proof. And have you found that social proof that you've collected works in your Google ads as well, or maybe even to your Facebook ads today? You're not actually allowed to use social like before and afters on Facebook ads, which we found super challenging because that's basically what would sell the product. So we kept kind of putting that up on Facebook ads and then getting blocked and things like that. And you're not allowed to. So we're like, how are we going to? And that was another thing, like with the challenge of um, Facebook ads was like, you know, we have this content that we know is going to sell, but we can't use it. And yeah, so, um, and like, Google Ads, it's basically just a photo of the mask that we use. Um, yeah. So I guess it was more about like bringing the traffic to the website and having that information on the website like there and then sort of thing. Um, but then working with that Facebook agency as well, you know, they had like, they were really knowledgeable about how the Facebook ad sort of space worked and um, sort of worked ways around that. But um, mm. it's just unfortunate that the Facebook wasn't really our, you know, spot for marketing at the yeah. time so maybe, they would yeah maybe in the future but yeah they would post um the before and afters like in their um <laughs> comment section but as you know like a lot of people don't really check the comment section stuff like that so yeah yeah mm, yeah it would have a lot of difficulties and it's also a great thing to share because a lot of people listening might not have known that and it's great to share mm -hmm. that insight and even more so, you've still managed to build this amazing community despite having the social proof on your advertising platforms. What have been some of the marketing techniques that you guys have employed to try and build that community around your brand? Um, I guess, uh, I guess Instagram and Facebook. Um, like we've, like like we said, we've worked with like a lot of regular people and like a few influencers, like micro macro influence influencers and stuff, um, and also. We've worked a lot getting um, user-generated content, so yeah. reels, 
like TikToks, all that kind of stuff as well. Um, I've worked really hard with trying to get um, the Instagram page to look really nice as well. So I want people to come on and be like, oh, you know, I want that that lifestyle um, kind of thing as well. Um, what else have we done? Like Facebook ads, Google ads. We've worked with um, paid influencers. Yeah, we've gotten like we've worked with a few like um, online uh, directories as well, like um, like the Beauty Crew and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And we've been featured in a few like articles and actual magazines as well. Probably one of our biggest ones was um, Vogue UK, like just yeah. recently. So um, that was a massive one for us. Um, just that exposure, you know, like we weren't really chasing sales as such from that. We were just about like the brand awareness and mm. and that I believe like starting starting like your brand awareness from the start is where that's going to set you up for the long term mm. um, because at the end of the day like when you think about a brand you're you're sort of buying into a brand aren't you rather than the actual product so yeah. it's that trust that you're building yeah that it brand. builds trust as yeah. well like we noticed um, especially once once we started getting featured in like yeah beauty mm. crew pop sugar. <laughs> Um, women's health like those big kind of publications that's when people are really like trusting our brand as well so um yeah that would be like a big tip for other people as well like to try and get into those publications and you know you can display like the badges on your website and stuff like that as well so Mm -hmm. it's incredible and sam might i add your Instagram does look incredible. I was on there just before this oh, call. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's nice and cohesive. Yay. You've got great themes. I was ticking all those boxes. So it does look really oh, amazing. So definitely yeah, I spend a lot of that. time on that. So thank you. That I appreciate it. No, it's very, very it's nice. <laughs> um, but I think, yeah, as you mentioned, for anyone who missed that, I have a long list of what you have been featured in, including British Vogue, Glamour, Who, Women's Health, Pop Sugar, Beauty Crew, Rush, The Guardian, SBS, and so much more. And that is no easy feat. In terms of yeah. getting in those publications, you mentioned how Social Skin Co. was such a prominent name. Um, since, you know, changing your your name to self-care social, are you working to try and get those features back again to try and build up, you know, some of that momentum? Or are you still happy to use some of those publications as representations of your brand? I think um, yes to kind of both of those. Um, we definitely want to get in more publications, but maybe for other products as well, because we kind of were in those publications only for our LED masks. So it might be nice to um, get in for, you know, the other products as well. But also, like, I think that people still kind of know us as social skin as well. Um, so I am happy to, like, keep those publications, like, up on our website and things like that as well. But, yeah, definitely, like, interested in getting our self-care social name out there a bit more as well. Yeah, and I guess, like, the way that we've rebranded as well, we sort of tried to keep that same, you know, like, brand kit, like, same similar sort of colours like all the text and all that kind of stuff um, and the kind of feel is all quite the same it's just really the name that's changed and then we've got all our sub brands as well like or sub what do you call our them? collections yeah so, our collections so like, yeah. like social skin collection the social sleeper collection all comes underneath that social self-care social um, like main brand so I think like in terms of you know people seeing like a self-care uh, a social skin co article on online they'll automatically like you know they'd click on it go to our website and it would all kind of look the same anyways mm. it wouldn't be like a totally different like, yeah. feel or look or anything like that yeah so. so when you go on our website it'll have like shop all 
um, social skin and then it will have social sleeper collection. So yeah, it's kind of all meshed together, which is, um, yeah, like when I worked with the lady that did our branding, um, she kind of got my vision, if you know what I mean, because that's like we've done so much work on so social skin, like we don't want to lose it. So yeah, we just kind of made that a collection of ours instead of, you know, the actual name. Hey there, Nathan Chan here, see on publisher of Founder Magazine. If you're enjoying From Zero to Founder and you want to learn from some of the greatest entrepreneurs of our generation, then I highly recommend you also subscribe and check out the Founder Podcast. We talk to some of the most successful people on the planet to discover how they're building their businesses. So you can take a front row seat as we go deep and we learn from some of the founders of brands like Netflix, Dropbox, Reebok, and so many more, and how they built these companies. You can find the Founder Magazine podcast with Nathan Chan on all podcast platforms. Make sure you subscribe. All right, now let's get back into the show. But I'd love to talk to you a little bit about launch strategy as you guys, obviously it's like you've kind of have a launch now with every new product in a way. What has been some of the great tactics that you've employed to have a great successful launch strategy for whether it was your LED mask, your hair clips or your amazing slippers that you have now? What are some of the tactics that you've found that have really worked for you? Um, so sending them out to influencers, so getting influencers on board. Um, so for example, with our slippers, we actually got some um, quite big influencers on board because, um, and we didn't pay them, which was like a good thing as well. Um, so they wanted our slippers. So they're like, oh yeah, we'll take some photos and some videos and things like that. So that was really great for us. Um, I guess like building the hype as well, which is um, something that you learn through certain scale as well, like building the hype around the product mm. like is like the last thing you want to do is be launching the crickets, so to speak. So yeah, you know, like, like email yeah. marketing, getting our stories already and kind of like pumping out the stories yep. for the week leading up to it as well. And like building that subscriber base, like, you know, obviously you got your, when you sign, like jump on a website, you sign up to their, you know, newsletter and um, like building that, um, that newsletter up as well. So for like the people that join up and then just constantly just marketing as much as we can, mm. I guess mm -hmm. is probably the best thing that we've done. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like before we started, we um I think we had before we launched, we had about six hundred people signed up to the web uh, signed up to the newsletter. So that was a good starting point. Um, yeah, and we had um, pre-orders as well. So that yeah. helped us with like pre-orders <clears throat> and all that kind of stuff as well. So yeah, we had like pre-orders before we even launched, which mm. I think is great. Yep. Definitely. I think there's such great tactics that you've shared and especially growing your email is so rapidly before launch is essential. And I think that's one thing mm -hmm. that's consistent across many people that we speak to is yeah. the importance of starting early and getting that awareness, mm -hmm. as you've both mentioned out there. Definitely. So then, yeah, you're not launching to crickets, as you mentioned, Wayne. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'd love to talk to you more about how your launch went in terms of, you know, success, whether you measure that by revenue, whether you measure that by how many people purchased your product. I'd love to know a little bit more about that because having that 600 email list, I'm sure would have definitely helped as well as the pre-launch. Did you have a goal that you had in mind to reach for your launch? And have you been trying to repeat that for your new products each time? When you, I suppose when you launch a product, you always hope that it sells out first thing, you know, like that's your, your main goal. That'd be bloody awesome. But um, like, I guess like the, the biggest thing is just because you've got say 600 um subscribers to your email list or whatever <clears throat> so um then like it's not necessarily 600 people are going to be interested 
in buying that product when it launches. And I guess like as because it's our first first time we've ever you know launched a product, we that's kind of what we thought I had in mind that you know oh sweet there's going to be like the kind of people that are going to be so interested <laughs> in buying this mask when we launch. But unfortunately, it's not like that. And yeah. um, I guess like. Yeah, I guess that's like one sort of expectation not to have. That's something that we've learned anyways. <laughs> well, I think it's different for our product though because we did need that social proof. Yeah. Um, and we did need like, you know, those publications and stuff like that to kind of build trust because it is a, pro a product that people are sceptical about. Whereas like if you have a product that people know that works, all that kind of stuff. So it was a little bit different for us. Like although we did have like a, um, good pre-order sales and we had a good launch day. It did take a while to kind of build up the sales and be consistent with them and mm. stuff like that to a, a point where we can say like, oh, okay, we've got 10K months now. Like, yeah, it took a while to kind of do that. Yeah. And I guess like in terms of measuring it, um, like if it was a success or not, like it's more so like how people would take on like our brand when when we launched you know like if it was like a complete flop then you really can feel like you you can sort of tell that when you launch as well but we we still had a lot of people that were sitting on the fence you know like that were really interested but didn't want to buy a lot of people were straight in there and bought um but i guess like yeah building that brand awareness at the start like i said um is probably yeah. yeah the key to but that. i think ours is always like the cash like the profit yeah as well you yeah. know that's like how we do measure things so yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm, definitely and you've stated such great things there and i think also having that feel and as you mentioned listening to your consumers as you mentioned you know that somewhere on the fence and that's okay too and then once you start selling having that social proof and building that trust as you mentioned earlier is probably the key to, to why you guys are continuing to scale, which I think is really, really important. Uh, Sam, you touched upon just briefly there that, you know, getting 10K months, is that something that is becoming consistent for you now with launching these new products? Or is, it, is there a projection that you hope to reach by continuing to innovate and have more in these categories? Um, so yeah, we're definitely reaching 10K months now. Um, and like, depends if we have kind of like a sale within that month, like our Black Friday sale, we got 17,000. So that was really good for us. Um, but yeah, we definitely want to scale up to be like 20,000, 30,000. So that's kind of our next goal is to start hitting those targets consistently. So um, we have got one problem at the moment. We've ran out of stock. Um, so for our Good LED mask, yeah. <laughs> so, um, and yeah, our manufacturers took a month long holiday as well. So um, yeah, at the moment we have seen like a bit of a lull in our sales because our LED mask is still our most popular product. Um, so yeah, that's basically a big challenge for us at the moment. But once we get our stock back, that's going to be our next target is to hit 20,000, 30,000 um, K month. Yeah, and expanding on like product lines to sort of help yeah. us with that as well. I guess also the other major thing is like the, the cost of shipping as well, like international shipping is just killer at the moment, like with everything going on. And um, obviously that chews into, you know, whatever profits you do have as well. So that's always, you know, you got to take that into consideration as well. So And with the delays of COVID delays, yeah. and things like that as well, like it is it's a on. bit challenging. <laughs> 
Definitely. And I think one thing that, you know, even I have to be reminded of when I have these conversations is just because you're making money doesn't mean you're making money. A lot of the money that you make Mm -hmm. has to be reinvested into your brand, has to be reinvested into your stock and all these other things that you have to, you know, pay people and you have to keep Mm -hmm. kind of bringing that money back in. And I would love to know uh, with your stocks, how do you kind of plan in the future to try and help alleviate some of these issues that you're facing at the moment? Do you have a plan in place now of you're going to order X amount of stock every month or are you gonna do pre-order strategies? What have you learned from that? Yeah, I think we definitely need to plan better um, for this month long holiday because they have that every year. So that's definitely been a big lesson for us as well. And obviously to get your um, products on the ship is a lot cheaper than by air because there's less flights at the moment and things like that as well. So I think that we need to um, order when we don't need them, if you know what I mean. So then um, if we can put them on the ship and then um, we get more product yeah. um, profit in the end, if you know what I mean. So we're not paying for air. Or like that. I guess also like it's, it's hard at the start because when you're starting and you're not getting consistent sales, you don't really know how much mm. to order um, when you need to order buyer. But now that we've sort of become more stable and constantly getting like, we know roughly how many we sell a month, et cetera. So we know like, you know, when we're going to run out and. Um, Unless there's like a big influx yeah. one day or something like that. Yeah, unless one day it just takes off and everyone yeah. buys everything. But um, yeah, like I guess like you don't really know until you start, you know, hitting selling consistently, and yeah, yeah. start hitting those goals that you're sort of making for yourself as a business. Definitely. And everything is about data and it takes time to accrue that, as you mentioned as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also would love to talk to you more about some of the ideas that you have for the future. As you mentioned earlier, you suggested subscription boxes, which I think is just genius. I know there's big beauty brands in Australia that for your birthday you get a little launch box and things like that. I myself are a big consumer of everything wellness and self-care. What are some of the ideas that you're having around elevating your brand for the couple of months going forward? Is it just the subscription boxes? Is it bundles, upsells? I'd love to know more. Yeah, we basically, we do have um, a few upsells at the moment. So we've got our hair claws and we've also um, just launched our under eye masks as well. but yeah, definitely to expand our product range. Like we've got a um, uh, we've got a pajama set coming out soon, um, which we have actually collaborated with the Villa, which is my sister's business. Um, so we are developing their a gingham fabric, and they've got like the ostrich feathers and stuff like that as well. Um, yeah, basically just looking into like trending items to kind of expand our range, and then once we have few more products then we can make like a self-care box or like the ultimate self-care box I don't know we haven't really played around with the names but you know um and you can order them for someone that's having a bad day or birthday or whatever it is um yeah I think that that would be great to just have a lot more products and um and I I think like having those like not so much a subscription box but like it sort of like a self-care like a gift box yeah, yeah self-care yeah. gift box i suppose and like ones where you can build your own sort of things so you can pick and choose like different items from the mm. website and build like a little box out of that and then we'll just put that all together send it out to whoever it is um like that's something i think in the future would definitely love to look at um yeah we're sort of working towards at the moment so well even now we've got like a nice little range like we've got our led light mask um We've got the pajamas that are coming. We've got the slippers. We've got the hair claw. We've got the under eye mask. So like we're starting to really, and we're um, going to be launching like aesthetic candles as well. 
Um, so already yeah. there, there's yeah. like a nice little box that you could choose for, you know, a friend, friend or a family member. So, mm-hmm. And I definitely think the gifting space is getting more and more popular. You know, when we couldn't physically see people, we were sending a lot of those, mm-hmm. you know, care packages and things like that. I know myself, I would be all over a subscription or a gift box like that. So you're definitely yeah. hitting the target market, which I think is incredible <laughs> as well. Yeah. Um, but believe it or not, your sister actually was interviewed for the podcast as well. And we spoke to her about her brand, which is incredible. And I think having, you know, both of you go through the Start and Scale program and launching such successful businesses is a true testament to who you both are and you know Wayne as well having that worth ethic and seeing beyond just a product which I I think incredible and I guess it's super special for you being able to collaborate with your sister now and getting you know a PJ onto your website. Yeah exactly and I think because we've started like maybe a year ahead of her we've been able to kind of guide her through like the challenges the highs and the lows and all that kind of stuff as well so um, yeah, she's doing amazingly and like it's really nice to be able to work together and do this thing on set. Um, I'm very excited about it actually. <laughs> so yeah. Definitely. And you know, with some of these amazing products that you do have coming, especially like gift boxing and things like that, will you be focusing more on a influential approach using people to push these products or are you kind of going to be testing new ways to advertise to your community? That's a good oh, question. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I guess because it's so far, like oh, it's not so far, but like it's a bit further down the track. We haven't really thought about the details, but I think definitely like continue on with how we've been marketing our products because it's been working, you know. Yeah. Um, so obviously, like doing the collaboration with the villa, like we can, you know, use both of our sort of resources to the product out there a lot better. I think also, like as we said, we have built this community. So I think, yeah, like once we get our subscription boxes or gift boxes, we'll be using like our um, influencers and things like that to kind of push um, those gift boxes. Um, And also I think, yeah, just people will be really interested from our own like Instagram page and Facebook and stuff like that. Like I think as soon as we launch on that, I think people will be really interested as well. So that's the plan anyways. Yeah. (laughs) Sounds like a good one to me. And um, yeah. Working towards wrapping up, I know, Sam, we brushed upon this earlier, but I do actually want to know more about your insights into Instagram because you do have such an aesthetically pleasing and a very great look to your Instagram account that you've worked so hard on. What would be some of the tips that you would give to anyone listening on how they can kind of set up success on an Instagram where maybe they might not have product or they have, you know, such an oversaturated product? How would you kind of Mm -hmm. help them with their Instagram? Um, I would definitely recommend for them to go on Pinterest and like search the product or search um, kind of just self-care, like if if it is that self-care beauty kind of realm. Um, So I would just spend a lot of time on Pinterest and kind of build that brand before we even started as well. Um, So and then going forward, once you have your brand, I think going on um, influencers or use it like create user generated content, but going on to people's Instagram and seeing if they are posting kind of the vibe that you want on your page as well. I think that's super important. Um, And then I've also worked with a lot of the same people because I know that they produce like really great content and they send it in on time and all that kind of stuff. So like you kind of build trust with them. And then um, I kind of give them a brief as well and just say like, we really want it to look like this or this. And I think that works really well because otherwise they don't know what you want and they don't know what you're trying to achieve and all that kind of stuff. So I do work with them a lot um, 
and I actually like I, I pay them and I give them the product and stuff like that as well. So I think that's important as well. Mm-hmm, definitely. And to yeah, get good content. <laughs> yeah, definitely good content. That's cohesive is a great, great tip. And I did see actually a really very interesting post about your one birthday. You had a beautiful cake, which I thought was just so beautiful to have and to share with your community as well. And once again, growing and fostering that community. And um, I guess this kind of intertwines with my last question, but for your next birthday, for your second birthday or third birthday, what are some milestones that you hope to reach by the time you're celebrating your next anniversary? I think definitely like 30, 50 counts would be like, you know, big picture thinking. Um, Also, yeah, just basically expand the range, have the gift boxes up and ready. Um, Both of us, like we're still working full time as well. So we're kind of doing this like after hours and things like that as well. So I think, you know, to be able to be sufficient so that we can quit our jobs and things like that as well, that's like definitely a big goal for us. And maybe even bringing on more people that have like different expertise than us as well because um yeah TikTok is one that I'm still like getting my head around (laughs) um so like you know that kind of stuff like hiring someone to outsource our TikTok and things like that as well like I think that would be like really Mm -hmm. great for us um but yeah the future is definitely very exciting I think (laughs) really yeah (laughs) definitely especially with the optimism that you both have and My last question, and anyone who listens to this podcast knows it's my favorite question. I'd love to go to you first, Wayne, and then to you, Sam. Wayne, what would be some advice that you would like to share with anyone listening that might have been in a similar situation wanting to launch a a brand? What advice would you give to them? Well, I've got quite a fair (laughs) bit, but I'll just keep it short. But um, I think the main thing is to not try overthink it, is to just jump in and do it. Like, Because the worst thing you can do is constantly think about it think about it like you're never going to be perfect and no one ever is no brand ever is when they first launch so um just launch it and then work on it from there sort of thing yeah. i guess that's probably the biggest thing i can say but start like it's just starting yeah because yeah. the more you think about it the more you'll talk yourself out of it or come up with ideas as to why it's not a good idea and then you'll delay it another year if you just get stuck in you're in and then you, you just work it. on it from there that's yeah. yeah it's probably I think opinion. Greta said that as well like if you're not in bed, um, yeah. embarrassed by your first product then yeah, like you're exactly. launching too late and honestly it's so true because I remember we got our boxes and it wasn't our brand color so they were just slightly off but for me I'm such a perfectionist <laughs> so I really noticed that I think I even cried <laughs> and Wayne was like it's fine it's fine and now I kind of look back on that and I think oh my god how like stupid of me to you know be so upset over like the color being a slightly different shade but I feel like everyone that I've spoke to in business is the same like if you're not embarrassed about your first product then yeah you're launching too late (laughs) even even your website like it's not going to be the best website in the world at the start but just get something on there like we're using Shopify it's easy to use just jump on whip something up just get it out there to the people and then um yeah just constantly just make changes and improve from there Mm -hmm. I definitely think both those pieces of advice are spot on and I think you know you've shared such great wisdom throughout this whole entire conversation today so I wanted to really thank you both Sam and Wayne for sitting down and sharing so much insight and I can't wait to see what happens in the future and hopefully reconnect and have you on again to speak about everything that you guys implement so thank you again thank you it's been really fun yeah thanks hey guys we hope you're loving from zero to founder and you're getting a ton of value from it 
If you want to access the exact free training that led today's founder to where they are now, head to founder.com or head to the link in the show notes.